Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Twin Sons Outpost Book Club Podcast. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Amanda DeFonzo. Hey everyone! And that's it. That is it this time. Uh, Jessie, she is in the animal care industry, so she is still going to work and um, she was unable to uh, make it this time for Alphabet Squadron, so... Uh, Jesse will be back with us in April when we uh, talk about Queen's Shadow, which will be our mm-hmm. next book. Um, and she'll be uh, continuing to do the regular Twin Suns Transmission podcast with us. Um, but for today, Amanda, it's just you and I getting to talk about Alphabet Squadron. Yes! This book was so good. I am a procrastinator, so I literally just finished the book today. And it is super weird going from reading that last quarter of the book where everything's exploding and the world's ending and there's fire and smoke and ships falling out of the sky and then I come out of the bedroom from reading and it's quiet. Nothing's (laughs) happening. (laughs) Everyone's in quarantine. Everyone's in quarantine and I'm like, but where's the explosions? (laughs) Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone is staying safe with the uh, COVID virus out there right now, and this is a perfect time to be a part of the book club. Um, we have uh, a lot of free time, at least a lot of people have free time, yep. to sit around and uh, just get some reading done. So I know this has definitely been good for me, and to be honest, if I wasn't in quarantine, if I was working you know, five days a week like normal... I'm not sure I would have been able to finish this book. I was pretty behind for a while. So Yeah, this um, one was definitely a lengthier read. Yeah. It uh, had over 400 pages in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was very much like the, uh, a Thrawn-style book. There was a lot of military discussions and shit battles and dogfights and things like that. A so. lot of me looking things up in between chapters. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get into it. This was Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed for, uh, we did this for the book club for the month of March in 2020. And uh, let's start talking about some of these new characters. And uh, basically, almost every single character in this book was a new character. Yep. Um, with the exception of um, one main one, which we'll talk about later. Um, but let's start talking about uh, Alphabet Squadron. So we have Erica Quell, who is our main character. And um, it seems like a couple people had a little bit of a problem getting to like her character uh, within Alphabet Squadron. We even hear from one of the other uh, members, Nath, still not sure about her. I mean, he yeah. seems a little bit, uh, you know, kind of up in the air about her. Um, but what do you think of this new main character? I love her. Yeah. I do. I love her sense of duty. Um, I love watching her growth. hmm And seeing how she's transitioning from being a part of the Empire to an, I don't want to say unwilling part of the Rebels or of the New Republic, but definitely still struggling to break faith with her um empire training and you know her brainwashing and yeah all of that so and she it seems like she really cares about people and she really wants to do the right thing because even if you think about in the last battle the battle for pandem nigh Mm -hmm. and she realizes that there's a town below where they are you know and she could be responsible her squadron alphabet squadron could be responsible for causing a bunch of deaths 
on that planet below, you know, in that city below. And she Mm -hmm. takes it upon herself to say, hey, this is a, you know, this is a rescue mission now, you know. Yep. Um, Destroy the debris and let's save some people, you know. So I really do like that about her. Um, She's still kind of confusing to me a little bit because when she was trying to get to know her squadron, right, and she's trying to, you know, appeal to them, it took a while for them to work as a cohesive group and... When they were sitting around the campfire, you know, had their, you know, story time um, when they were on the planet with the Jedi Temple, it didn't seem like she really cared all that much to be a part of the group. But, um, you know, she never wanted to go out for drinks, like, with everyone or anything like that. She was just kind of in her own little world um, until sort of the second half. It was more important to her that they bonded with each other than them bonding with her. She didn't need their love. She needed them to care enough about each other to get the job done. Yeah. And I think that that was her purpose with with that. Or at least that's what I got from it. And also, the first thing she asks once she gets out of um, the back to tank is what is, what's the casualty list? Yeah. And they were, like, still trying to figure that out, right? Yeah. 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 She has a good heart. And I think, you know, it it was said that she had always wanted to defect. Yeah. She had went into the Empire to learn how to fly so with the intention of defecting so that she could join the Rebellion because she had always looked up to the Rebellion. But then things got comfortable and Mm -hmm. she had loyalties to her team and her commander and just stayed where it was comfortable. She stayed, she went with the path of least resistance and stayed where she was until she had done horrific things and her leader told her to leave. He was like, you are sick. This is a sickness. I can see it. And you're going to keep doing what you're told, but that's not necessarily what's best. You're going to get yourself killed if Mm -hmm. you stay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I just, I feel like a lot of, a lot of characters in Star Wars do that, right? We've seen Sabine go to the Imperial Academy and, and learn a bunch of things there. We see obviously a bunch of defectors from... Um, Sky Strike Academy, where we, we see Sabine and Rebels go in and uh, rescue some people like Wedge and Hobby. Um, and we know Biggs went to the Academy and, mm-hmm. and you know, um, a lot of people. Like, we even see Han, right? He went yeah. there. He learned how to do things. Hera, um, even at one point in this book, says that some of her best pilots mm-hmm. were from the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Um... She is definitely a great character, and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed her, and, and we'll see what happens with her in the next one. Uh, but let's continue on with some of the other characters that we get in this book, some new ones. And I think my favorite one out of the entire Alphabet Squadron, which is not that many characters, um, is Chas Nachatic. She is, number one, super funny, because <laughs> she'll, she'll like think something, and then she'll say it. And throughout this book, Alexander Freed, when saying that certain characters thought something, most of the time they don't actually say what they think. They'll be like, and then, you know, Nath was unsure. He thought he was unsure of what was going on. But then Nath says something. Oh, yeah, I understand, you know. And then with Chas, it's like, Chas thought, I don't like him. And then Chas said, I don't like you, you know. (laughs) It was just really (laughs) funny. Like, I like, I like how... Alexander Freed created this character of Chas Nachatic, and, um, you know, she had a lot of interesting things about her character, too. She listened to music in the cockpit of her B-Wing really, really loudly, and I guess one wouldn't think that that would necessarily be a good thing to be distracted and, you know, stuff, and, and we even heard that she had the music playing so loud that she couldn't really necessarily hear the, the you know, the communications coming in. <laughs> At one but, point, she was playing it over the comm for everyone, yeah. and she didn't just listen to this music. She took the time to curate a battle playlist. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Did you guys take my playlist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she was... She's awesome, and she's uh, Thelen, which um, mm-hmm. I had to look up what that was, 
Um, and Athelan is the same species as Lotsrazi from uh, Clone Wars. I don't know if you remember her. She's the bounty hunter with the uh, grappling boa um, that works for Boba Fett. So they have like points that come off their heads and, and things like that. So um, she's a Thelan. I thought that was kind of a, a cool um, addition to um, the squadron. And one of my favorite things about her was that story that she told about meeting Jin. Oh, that just made my heart go all funny. I love Jin or so. So yeah. hearing that her inspiration going into this. And really becoming a part of the rebellion was Jin Erso and mm-hmm. her sacrifice for the greater good. And yeah, it made me a little weepy. <laughs> but it, it was almost, it was great for her, but it was almost a drawback. Like she wanted to be just like Jin and Jin sacrificed herself for yep. the rebellion. And Chas wanted to so much be Jin 2.0. She had a death wish. She wanted she wanted to die almost. Like she Not almost. She did want to yeah. die. <laughs> she wanted to be a martyr rather than doing what was best for the good of everyone, which I think is where she was kind of missing the mark on why Jin made that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she came around at the end, yes. I think. You know, she she finally realized what was the best scenario for her. Um, begrudgingly yeah begrudgingly. <laughs> but um i love how star wars keeps this continuity because they talk about how when chas first met Jin, that um Jin went by the name of liana halleck which in rogue one we hear them say was one of Jin's like code names it was what she was going by um her alias um and you know obviously Chas didn't know it was Jen at the time and she found out later, but I love how they keep that continuity between mm-hmm. books and films and everything that they're doing here. Before we start talking a little bit more about some of the other characters, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the timeline because I know some people get a little confused on the timeline. So this book actually, if I'm not mistaken, can I see that book over there? I believe this book takes place like right around the same time as The Mandalorian does. So it's after episode six. It's after Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, this is the. Uh, it's listed in the timeline on this book um, as the first book uh, in timeline order after Return of the Jedi. So this is not long after Return of the Jedi. Um, so the Empire is scattered and they're everywhere. And um, what did you think about learning about the state of the Empire? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> So we know from the Mandalorian that the Empire, you know, stormtroopers are still roaming mm-hmm. around, Moff Gideon's still around, and there's so. pockets of the Empire that are still resisting, um, giving up the fight. And I had never seen or played through, I should say, um, Battlefront mm-hmm. or Battlefront Two, yep. and um, Iden Versio story, so I had no idea about the whole Cinder thing. Mm-hmm. So this was my first experience reading about it. And we have the Emperor acting from the grave just to do wicked, awful things and cause more havoc when he has no further purpose. There is no purpose to it. It is just his spite. Yeah. So Operation Cinder was first introduced to us in Star Wars Battlefront 2 and we get to see the the sentinels the you know the robed um, machines with the likeness of Palpatine in his digitized face um, and we get to see that and we get to see Operation Cinder and and uh, the destruction of worlds and and to eliminate you know, all people, the cleansing, in this book they refer to it as the cleansing of all people against the Empire. And so that's that's just really nasty. I mean, that's just like no mercy, just kill it's everybody. It's hate. Yeah. It is without purpose. There, There's no point to it. The battle is lost. There is no more Empire, at least mm-hmm. not in any real sense. And... 
it's just slaughter for the sake of slaughter. It yeah. is hate. And so much of the Empire, I mean, we see certain certain characters in the Star Wars universe who have been loyal to the Empire for a long time. They want to essentially become the next person in charge of the Empire. And then you have other people who, you know, oh, you're part of the Empire? I'm part of the Empire. Let's join forces and keep the Empire strong, you know? And so yeah. it's... Nobody's unified completely right now because the Emperor had just died. And a lot of people that are part of the Empire, even Quell, as she's thinking about it and as she's trying to to speak to people who are in the New Republic, she even says, oh, when the Emperor was murdered. You know, they, they refer to him as getting murdered. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a negative type thing for people in the Empire and how Quell refers to it. But, you know, we're so used to hearing things from the, the point of view of the rebels. Yeah, we defeated the Emperor, and, you know, the galaxy is saved. And to them, the Emperor's murdered. We have to figure out what to do next for the Empire. Yep. So. Um, but, yeah, Operation Cinder first introduced in Star Wars Battlefront Two, And so um, if you have not played the campaign, or even if you don't have the game... And you just want to watch the cutscenes or the story, just go on to YouTube and, and type in uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign or movie or Battlefront 2 movie or whatever, and you can watch it through. Uh, the story of Iden Versio and uh, Operation Cinder is pretty awesome. That'll bring us to uh, talking about the Empire. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Colonel, Colonel Shakara Nuris. And she's sort of like the main villain in this book. She is uh, basically in charge of Shadow Wing, which is the uh, group that uh, Erica Quell had defected from. That was her TIE Fighter Squadron. The 204th. Yep, the 204th. And she uh, sort of runs that. And they're operating now out of a planet called Pandem 9. And she's got a old Star Destroyer called the Pursuer. And... Um, she was around she's been around for a while she was actually with the republic from the time of the clone wars so they refer to her as grandmother so what did you think of her character i struggled with her character a lot um she kept referring back to the hollow projection that she had of the emperor that she had received and mm -hmm not necessarily knowing what the purpose of Cinder was and just that she had to do it and blindly following these orders and doing what she could to keep her squadron held together. Yeah. To follow out these orders when they didn't even make sense to her. And she was pretty close multiple times to saying it doesn't make any sense, but I'm doing it. But that's kind of what it seems like the Empire is composed of. People who just obey orders, They're, they have blind loyalty... And they're told to do something, and so they just do it. And when she asks questions, she gets no answers. But know? it just blows my mind that someone could destroy entire planets mm -hmm. on a whim without really taking a good hard look at the why of it and making a decision based on that rather than just pulling the trigger. Yeah. I mean, she... I. My guess is that she was around, you know, during the time of the Clone Wars and the Jedi generals at the time would say, hey, we got to do this. And she was just so used to, you know, someone says jump, you say how high. And, you know, that's just, it seemed like that was the type of character that she was. And But where's her morality? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I personally could never, like, I couldn't sleep at night if I had done these things and watched planets burn. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, maybe that's just her makeup. She just, uh, you know, that's why the Empire liked her, because... Because she just did it? She just did it, and she didn't care. Ugh. But. So, yeah, I struggled with her, um, even as a bad guy, because she wasn't bad and she wasn't good. She did horrible things, but there was just duty behind it for everything she did yeah there was no malice or hate just this sense of purpose except she had none yeah i yeah i we've we've read a lot about characters in star wars in the you know within this book club that really um 
are great villains. And Mm -hmm. I don't think this, it's not like saying this book was bad or anything, but I feel like Colonel Nurris did not have the same type of like villainy to me like that. She wasn't like that, like, oh my gosh, bad guy. Um, she was just kind of the next one up with the uniform on that was able to, you know, command a Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting come the next book to see how everything plays out, because I think that hmm. is going to... That's going to be the real, the real villain of this series, I think. Yeah. We're going to get something a little more intense. Yeah. And I never really saw her as the villain, if I'm being completely honest. Like, yes, she does these horrible, awful things, and I don't understand her reasoning for why she's doing them. But she, like, I didn't think, oh, yeah, she's the big bad. We've got to really worry about her. It was more of Alphabet Squadron against a whole entity rather than just her specifically. Yeah. Let's continue to talk about some of the other characters. Uh, Nath Tencent, um, and he was he was kind of making me a little worried for a while, because he yeah. he questioned Quell, and he, you know, obviously we know that um, he was he was convinced to join up with uh, the New Republic by Kairos, who showed him a recording basically saying that he would be this, like, spy of uh, Aiden's. And um, that's how they got him to join, and he was able to get, you know, he could get revenge on Shadow Wing because they took down his squadron um, back when he flew flew with the Rebels. Um, But he was able to manipulate people. Like, they talk about in the book about him being able to come into a room and and get people to like him, and, you know, he would invite, like, he invited Quell to go shooting that one time, and, like, she, you know, starts to like him, but, like, he's he's always been uh, a little bit um, skeptical of her, and throughout this book, I was worried that he was going to do something completely crazy to screw everything up, and when he jettisoned, he ejected from his Y-Wing, I was like, oh, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. I didn't initially love his character. Um, I still don't think I love his character, yeah. if I'm being completely honest. But I do like his character. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I didn't love him, but I do like him. It's like, huh? I like, huh, what? No, I like a good, like, not good guy. Because he's not a good guy. That's actually something that I was saying um, on the book club site was none of these people are like, yeah, that's a good guy. They're all just kind of gray. Mm-hmm. None of them, well, except Will. Will's good. He's a good shiny boy. Yeah. <laughs> See, when I was reading the book in my brain, I called him Wile. Like, because it was like, I don't know. I just, it just looked it weird It might to be me. Wile. It might be Will. I don't it know. Might be- <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what it is? But um, for the sake of the podcast, we'll just call him Will, because that's how you say it. Sorry. Um, Will Lark, uh, he fought in the Battle of Endor, yep. and yet he's like 19, if I'm remem- remembering his age right. He's 19 years old, he's a young kid, um, and he does a fantastic job. He is probably second to chess, my favorite member of Alphabet. And he is for every single person on his squad. That yeah. is something that I really, really love about him, is he is for all of his people. And even at the end of the book, he's like, if they're staying, I'm staying, because I'm what can keep them together and keep them alive. Yeah. Who's going to pull them back when they start to go too far? Because he is, he's their conscience. Yeah. And he's he's so admirable in the way that he lives his life, because he was uh, a part of the 120, which I believe is the name of the group of people from his hometown, or his home planet. Uh, Polynius, I think is the name of it. Uh, They refer to it as home. But that, um, he made that, he made that promise not to return until the Empire was defeated or until his mission was done. And his Mm -hmm. mission, you know, is to destroy Shadow Wing. And we see at the end of the book, Shadow Wing was not destroyed Mm -mm. so he's gonna continue on and he was about to go home too that's the hardest part he was about to go home 
and he was excited to go home, and he wants to go home, but his duty is not done, and so therefore he continues on with the fight. Yep. He's such a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like yeah. the golden retriever of the group, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. We got the final member of Alphabet Squadron, the one who pilots the U-Wing, the most mysterious of them all, Kairos, who I'm still not quite sure about, to be honest. It could have just been that I missed something with her character, but like it seemed like they talk about some sort of metamorphosis with her or something, or maybe she was modified, I don't know, because she makes like almost like robotic noises, it seems like. Very deep, like guttural robotic. Yeah. And so I, I still have no idea. Like, I don't know... I don't know anything about her, really. Um, yeah. And when they say, like, metamorphosis, because she has all... She's, like, wrapped in cloth, I'm like, oh, did she... Is she, like, physically going through a metamorphosis? Or are they talking about, like, a mental metamorphosis? Like, an emotional or, you know, some sort of, like, unseen metamorphosis? I don't, I don't know. So... She's still a big question mark in my head. Your guess is honestly as good as mine because I read the same book you did and there was not a lot to go off of as far as speculating on what her real story is. Like, we know that she lived on a peaceful, quiet planet in the Outer Rim that Mm -hmm. she made clear when she was doing her sand art. (laughs) (laughs) And it was disrupted by the Empire and then she, you know, went off to fight, and then they, I guess she did some real weird stuff, and then she transformed, but we don't know what these transformations are, so. And she speaks so rarely mm-hmm. in the book. Mostly it's just actions, and what about when she, like, crushed that dude's head? Yeah, she's like, <laughs> it's almost like she's, she's definitely the muscle, and she carries around a crossbow, like Chewbacca. Yeah. You know, so she's... She's like a savage. I even put that in my notes. She's just wrecking people's faces. Like, she scares Chas. Yeah. Not a fan. (laughs) Yeah. I I like that type of mystery, though. I just, I wasn't sure if I missed something, you know? I don't think you missed anything. I think that they're saving some really good stuff for the next book. So we just have to sit here and ponder. So what do you think, um, so she doesn't, like you said, she doesn't talk much. And Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but... I think the only actual sentence that she said, or like words that we see her say, or hear her say, um, was to quell, because the whole group is getting ready to leave, they have the supplies that they got from the Jedi Temple or whatever, and they're about to leave, except the Ewing's not piloted by Kairos, she's staring off into the forest, and so Quell goes down and talks to her, says something to her, and the only thing that Kairos says is, the Empire's shadow is long. But it's like, what the heck? Like, that's all you're going to say. What does that mean? There's just, like, so many more members of the Empire out there or whatever. You know? It's just like, ugh, jeez, I don't know how to... <laughs> that's ominous. You Thanks. say one sentence, <laughs> no, that's what you say. So. It's super creepy. Yeah. What does uh, Chas say? Oh, wait, you're a freak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Let's talk about um, one thing that I really enjoyed with this book. And, you know, uh, so many books where we get points of view of members of the Empire or members that are previously with the Empire, we get to see the differences between being an uh, an Imperial and a Rebel, Mm -hmm. you know, and how they view certain things. And one of the biggest things was you go from, you know, Quell piloting a TIE fighter to now piloting an X-Wing. Yeah. You know, huge adjustments there. Um, even with the droids, you know, she she was not even utilizing D6L very much until the later parts of the book because she had never flown a ship where you needed to have a droid in it. You know, yeah. even with, like, Y-Wings, you can't go to hyperspace unless you have an astromech droid in there. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And, you know, if I was in the Star Wars universe and I went from being an Imperial to a rebel, I would be doing the same things that Quell's doing. Freaking out because people do not follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we have these, the, the rebels, they're, they're so chaotic, chaotic. They improvise and, and they just kind of act as themselves. Whereas when you're in the empire, you have a set of rules, you have a set of regulations. If you don't, you die, you know? Yeah. 
it was cool. It was really cool to see the difference between the rebels and the Imperials and having somebody learning the thoughts of somebody going through that transition. Yeah, who's been on both sides of it and who was trained how to fight under the Empire and then having to adjust to the tactics of the Rebellion. Yeah. Um, And not only adjust to the tactics, but how to lead a squadron. One thing that I feel like would be really hard to do um, from Quell's point of view is... You know, there hasn't been a ton of time between when she did her last mission as part of Operation Cinder on Necronus uh, to the battle on Pandem Nye, where she's literally taking out members of Shadow Wing that were her old comrades. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy how quickly she went from one side to the other and now is shooting down members of her old squadron. Yeah. I... You can see her struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she's looking at these fighters that she's shooting out, and she knows, she's like, that's someone whose face I remember from the mess hall. Yeah. I can picture them sitting. Yeah. Like, that's got to be just... Messed up. <laughs> hard. Yeah. The trauma that this girl is dealing with is pretty intense. We've dealt with a lot of people that have... You know, in, in this book club, we've learned, like, even Vi Marathi and her mm-hmm. her struggle and, and, you know, dealing with, um, you know, being Having physically abused. Yeah. And now we have Quell, who was in a sling for a while, and she had a fractured skull, which was, you know, her own doing. She headbutts <laughs> somebody, so. Yeah. But, but um, <laughs> you know, she's... She's reckless, but she, you know, deserves some sympathy, I think. Let's talk a little bit about the New Republic. And so I think a lot of people sometimes get confused between the New Republic and the Resistance. And the Resistance and the New Republic are not the same thing. The New Republic um, gets destroyed when the Hosnian Cataclysm happens and Starkiller Base destroys Hosnian Prime and four other planets. You know, that's that was when the New Republic fell. And the Resistance was uh, a secondary group um, that sort of broke off from the New Republic that was led by Leia, led by General Grana. And so I feel like a lot of people get those two things confused. Yeah, and they were still supported by some members of the New Republic. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just, you know, they couldn't outwardly say, this is where we're giving money for them to, you know, help each other out. Yeah. And I mean, if you've read, if you ever read Bloodline, uh, Bloodlines, I think it's a book, mm-hmm. um, with Leia and she, you know, she has that, uh, person, her aide, I think, Corsella, and they refer to her as Cory in the book. Um, you see her and she was one of Leia's aides. She blows up on Hosnian Prime. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, closeness between the characters, yeah. you know, um, but I just wanted to clear that just in case people were confused. Um, but that'll bring us to a couple members of the New Republic, and then we'll get into sort of the, like the military area. Um, Cairn, or Cairn? Cairn. Cairn. Aiden, uh, the New Republic intelligence officer. Um, what do you think of his character? I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't like him. I don't like him as a person. I think he's a crappy leader. I think he's selfish. And I think that even for a second, considering doing something that could destabilize his squadron and compromise their lives is the most ridiculously horrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't like him. He is always looking to get the glory for himself at the cost of someone else. Which is why I'm a little worried that he might become a part of the Empire, because literally all he wants is power. And we've heard a lot about from other characters, you know, who, granted, they're First Order characters, like First Order officers that we've seen, like Kath and some of the other ones. They want Mm -hmm. power, and they want that glory. And um, the main guy in uh, Quincher, Kincher, what was that guy's name? uh, He was the main guy in, um, what was that book? Uh, I don't know. Resistance Reborn. Reborn. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember his name. I think his name was like Quincher or something like that. 
Wincher. Wincher. Oh, he Wincher. stunk. Yeah. He was terrible. And, yeah. <laughs> and this guy, so Aiden, he's selfish. He's all about power. He's willing to dig up information on Quell after she's doing her best to help his working group. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets pissed because... It seems like Alphabet Squadron's now following the orders of Harrison Dula and not his. And so he's now yeah. trying to sabotage the group by digging up, you know, dirt on Digging up Quell. drama. He's yeah. just, he's drama. And he was most upset because Hera was doing a better job at it than he could because she understands them. Yeah. She knew what they needed. He did not. Yeah. Well, he also had this droid ITO that was around him, which is a torture droid, you know, that also doubled as a, a therapist. Yeah, a reprogrammed but, tor- torture droid. Yeah, but still a torture droid nonetheless. Yes. We we saw that droid take out some people. Didn't he, uh, wasn't, yeah, when uh, Nath and Quell, when they were first meeting, and uh, she gets, like, knocked out or whatever, and then she's in his apartment. The The torture droid, ITO, goes after Nath. So, like, you know. It's just an interesting interesting character, interesting combination between this power-hungry New Republic intelligence officer who carries around, has this, you know, torture droid that follows him around. Interrogation droid. Yeah. I think it's, it's just kind of an interesting pairing. And we'll see how that works in the next book. I think that ITO's loyalties are more going with um, Eureka at this point. Mm-hmm. I think he yeah. respects her more yeah. than he respects Aiden, yeah. which is not surprising because he's being kind of a turd. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Hera since we were talking about her just now. It was so awesome getting Harrison Dula in this novel. We got her in um, A New Dawn, mm-hmm. which is the first book that we ever got uh, from the new canon. And we get to see her all throughout the four seasons of Rebels. And now we get to see what she's doing after the Battle of Endor. Um, and so she's a general and she's got this um, old acclimator class vehicle that was used during the clone wars and she i mean she's she's awesome she's a savage she flew her old clone wars era destroyer put all the shields the forward shield all power into forward shields and just rammed through a minefield at the end of <laughs> at the end of the book uh in pandem nigh and she takes her, her you know her squadrons out for drinks like she's just so awesome harrison doula she's a gem i like i am so grateful for her character and this book some of her um chapters were a little hard for me because she was talking about phoenix squadron in the past tense and like mm-hmm. i mean I, we didn't see any sign of any of them and she was just using her stories with them to teach lessons to the new waves that were coming in and that yeah. was just well so sad we still don't know what's going on with Ezra and Thrawn we know where Kanan is but what about Chopper where's <laughs> Chopper <laughs> we know we know about uh, Zeb and Callus. they're on Lyrasan yeah. yeah I don't know I don't know about Chopper you know we're and still... where's her son Jason was the one that I was hoping to get some information from you like, know where's baby Jason yeah Come on. I was I was expecting some Jason, at least a or, sentence about Jason or something, um, but no. So nope. maybe maybe the next one we'll see. Uh, but every time I would read like a a line from Hera, I'd read it in Vanessa Marshall's voice. It was oh, just, you have to. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't listen to the audiobook, so no. I don't know how how that all worked. But um, I don't know how the the voice actor did with repeating Vanessa Marshall's. Voice, but I don't think I could listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was it was definitely in my brain. Vanessa Marshall saying yeah. her lines. Let's talk a little bit about Shadow Wing. So Shadow Wing is it's composed of six squadrons of ties, and um, they they seem to be doing very well with all of their missions and you know 
being led by Neuris, obviously that's not going to be the case anymore. And Quell talks about how that's going to be something that um, will, should be easier for them to deal with now that they don't have a leader. Although the final chapter in the book sort of gave us that leader back. And we'll talk about that here in mm-hmm. a second. But what did you think of this whole shadow wing thing? I don't know. I, I am reserving judgment to see what happens um, in the next book, I think. Yeah. It was interesting, too, that in the orbital cluster mm-hmm. that um, the Riot and Hound squadrons got so used to fighting the Shadow Wing that they even came up with names for, you know, the enemy pilots and the mm-hmm. enemy ships and, you know, Blink and Char and, you know... Whoever else. Um, and then Will was thinking about them again in that final battle. Yeah. Um, and I might have misunderstood, but it seemed like there was TIE fighters, too, that were helping to shoot the debris. Um, well, I think at, at, I think at some point they were just trying to all survive. Yeah. And so I think they were, you know, even the Imperial gas tanker that was going to explode, they were all just trying to get out of there. and Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know if they I don't know. I don't know if they were shooting the debris to save the city, but I know they were trying to escape. That's for <laughs> Maybe sure. Maybe that's just me being optimistic. <laughs> I think I think at some point they just decided not to shoot the rebels you know, <laughs> and try to escape. So, <laughs> but that was pretty cool. Uh, one thing that does have me a little worried too is um, the slogan for Shadow Wing, which I believe was said in chapter four. So if you think about um, Shadowing and what the name of the next book is, listen to this slogan. So, where shadows fall, all things die. That is the slogan of Shadowing. And the next book is called Shadow Fall. So That you, could go either way. Could go either way. Could be the fall of Shadowing. Or it could be all things dying. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that one. <laughs> Yeah. I'm hoping for a third installment, so let's not. I know we've talked to, or at least I've interacted with some people on our book club pages talking about how this book is not like a, a happy story. You know, it's no. it's it's got some rough parts, but um, definitely enjoyable. Uh, one thing, too, before we talk about uh, Devin and the story of Devin, is I noticed that um, how Quell deals with referring to her squadron. I don't know if you noticed this, but if you had a... When Alexander Freed writes a chapter from the point of view of Quell, when she's referring to certain characters, it's not Chas, it's not Will, it's not Nath. In those chapters, from her point of view, it's Chaddock, Tencent, and Lark. Mm-hmm. She refers to them by their last names... And, you know, there's yeah. obviously no numbers or anything. Well, and Chas called her out on it mm-hmm. in flight and was like, just call me Chas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I noticed that even before that because it was interesting to get that author's perspective from her point of view. It's yeah. cool to see. Everything she does is more formal. And yeah. it's uncomfortable for her to be informal. And it's almost like... Allowing yourself to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be, you know, familiar with people in that way, which is not how she did things before. Yeah. All right. The main part of this book, and I feel like the big reveal happened at the oh. end in the last chapter. And if you haven't read this book and you're listening to us, definitely read the book. Yeah. And turn um, away now. <laughs> <laughs> turn away now if you don't want spoilers. <laughs> Um, But as you're reading through this book, right, it's split up into three parts. And at the end, the very last chapter of every part, you get a story that's totally separate from the main part of the book. And has nothing to do with our alphabet squadron. Right. So you're sitting there like, what is the point of this chapter? I mean, cool little story, but why? Right. It it leaves you with a giant question mark in your face because you're like, (laughs) I don't understand this. Um, you get all this stuff about Alphabet Squadron and Quell and, you know, Nurus and the Empire. And all of a sudden it's Devin on this random planet getting beat up by a bunch of, you know, a bunch of thugs. You know? And then, like, hey, but, let's uh, 
have everyone figure out how to fight so they can fight back the thugs. Yeah. And like, what? What is this story? <laughs> What's going on? Why is this happening? Not, yeah. I mean, cool, but what? So at the end, we find out throughout this whole time that the mentor, Quell's mentor, who she looked up to a lot, she he was like her favorite person in Shadowing. You know, and he and they had a, a pretty decent relationship, and she took a lot of advice from him. Major Soren Kies, Kies. I I read it as Kies. Kies. Soren Kies. Kies. We'll go I don't with know. That. We yeah. I could be wrong because we did not listen to the audiobook. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll call him Major Soren Kies. Um, and this was her mentor with Shadow Wing. And in chapter one, I had in my notes that it says that. Uh, Quell says that he had died. Him and mm-hmm. two, two other pilots died in Narcronus. Um, but if you think back to Quell's story and what she tells Aiden at the end of the book about him like landing and having a conversation with her, he literally says, you know, you should defect. You should go to the to the rebels. You should, you know, That's leave the empire. That's where your heart is. This is not good for you. Right. You will <laughs> like, die. You have a sickness. You're, you know, loyalty. You're too loyal. You will get yourself killed. And it's not her loyalty to the empire necessarily. It's her loyalty to her squadron. She is first and foremost for her team. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was interesting learning about that conversation and then reading the last couple paragraphs of the book. Oh, crap. Because, <laughs> so, this Major Soren Kiez is Devin. Mm-hmm. And um, he seems pretty ruthless. I mean, he took down a couple New Republic officers that were after him that knew who he was. Yep. They try to pull him aside and he jumps off a bridge. Pull, you know, has, they follow him and then he, like, murders them in cold blood. Yeah. In the mud. Yeah. And because of this, he decides that he's going to go back to Shadowing, and he knows that Quell defected. So what yes. does this mean? What does this mean for Soren Kiez? Does he not care about Quell? Because he knows that she defected. He told her to. And now he's going back to join up with Shadowing. There is a part of me that wonders, and I really hope I'm wrong, if... Um, he intended her to defect. He intended her to eventually open up to them and make herself believable because he intends to still use her and try and pull her back into the fold from the new or um yeah, from the new republic and so, to unravel them from within her not knowing this plan. Well, she thinks he's dead. Yeah. But I think, do you think that there's going to be any sort of, like, hesitation from Kiez to shoot her down? Or, I mean, does he have any feelings for her as her old mentor? I don't know. But I think she's going to hesitate. If it comes down to her discovering him, and I think that's the bigger problem. Right. She will hesitate, and it will get her crew killed. Yeah. That's that's the biggest... That's the biggest twist i mean as i was reading the book before they said that he was devon i mean it took me till obviously the last you know page yeah before they said it but i figured it out and i like sometimes when things like that happen like where i know they're gonna tell me something or like they'll say and then someone came out of the shadows i like skip ahead i'm like who is it like, <laughs> i don't want to read i don't want to read like all the in-between stuff i just yeah. want to know who it is <laughs> And so, as soon as I thought that it was Kiez, I was like, is it really? Is it really? And I, like, skimmed down, like, yes, I knew it. So. Well, but he, you know what? He saved her life, though, before. Because all he thought, or he had to go on, was that she could be at Traitor's Remorse. And he stopped that kid from blowing up on Traitor's Remorse. And I think it was to save her. I think that that was connected, and that's why Traitor's Remorse in that chapter was important. Well, we do know that Traitor's Remorse had been getting bombings, you know, mm-hmm. that happened. They've, they've been getting destroyed. So it's hard to say when, 
you know, when the timelines cross. So like, yeah. where is Devin when Quell is at Trader's Remorse? Where is Devin when? But you he know, didn't know where she was, or you know that she he didn't right. he doesn't know that she's leading Alphabet Squadron. Yeah, that's true. So he could have just been going off of, well, that's probably where she'd go if she defected. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't let her blow up. So what does this mean? And then we'll get to some of our um, our discussions from some of our listeners and uh, book club members. Um, but what does this mean for Shadowfall? What do you think the story, where do you think it's going to go? I think that we are going to see Chas grow. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly into a more team-oriented player, and maybe she'll stop trying to be a martyr and you know do what's right for the team mm-hmm. more consistently. And I think that we are going to see Aiden's intentions come to light. Um, and I think that we are going to see Quell really be challenged and possibly at the expense of her team. And that's going to be hard because when she realizes who's now leading Shadow Squadron. Shadowing, yeah. Or Shadowing, thank you. Shadowing, that's going to be hard. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest plot in the book. I don't know if they've announced if this is going to be a trilogy or if there's if everything's going to wrap up in this next book. But here are my predictions and you can quote me. <laughs> I'm just making some bold predictions now. Hot takes, guys. One, Nath Tencent, he's going to die. I think he's just he's he's just going to die. I think uh, Will, I think at the end of the story of Alphabet Squadron, he will be able to go home. I think I don't think he's going to die. I think he'll go home. And I think he'll be able to be with his people and his family. Um, I think um, Chas, I think she's going to die. As, <sighs> as much as she has learned and, and values her, her you know, support of the team and everything, ultimately, because of who her role model is and why her role model is Jin, I think she's going to... She's going to sacrifice herself and for the greater good and, and be that person that, you know, goes out. Um, Quell, I think, will remain with the um, Alphabet Squad, Alphabet Squadron, um, and I, I think she'll go on and live happily ever after, or maybe we'll get her in another story somehow. Um, or maybe she blows up. Maybe when the New Republic explodes, she blows up. You know? I don't know. Um, and Aiden, I think, might go to the Empire. I think, I think, um, Kiaz might convert him over to being an Imperial. A part of me wonders if Quell will actually be the one who ends up sacrificing herself for her squadron, um, against... Mm -hmm. Against Kiaz. Against Kiaz, and if Chas will take up her mantle... Could be. That could go another way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I could actually see Will dying and Nath moving forward as a better person. Yeah. Because of his sacrifice. But that doesn't sound like a very happy book, but this we wasn't should, a very happy book. We should make our predictions. <laughs> we should just write these down and right? see what happens. Oh, man. Um, one part... Uh, one quick part here is there was a comic. There was a comic in this book, and this was a um, crossover with Marvel. And uh, it was a short comic. Not a whole lot happened in this in this uh, couple pages. But it was all about Nurus and Shadowwing and uh, just a, a quick uh, introduction to some of the characters. And um, its purpose was to promote TIE Fighter number 1. When that the comic book came out, it's got the tie pilot on the front. So you get more shadowing. I have not read that, but I'm very interested. I might try and see if I can, you know, eBay it and see if I can get uh, some copies of the Tie Fighter number one um, to read more about shadowing because I'm interested now. I'm interested mm-hmm. in shadowing. They're such a mystery to me, and I like that. Well, and in the book, 
Neuris said that they kept getting replaced. They keep replacing t- these TIE pilots, and they go through them really quick. So yeah. Shadow Wing is not a consistent group, at least not anymore, not since um, Quell defected, I don't think. Yeah, it seems like it seems like over the course of the book, the most of the Shadow Wing has been the same because... You know, the members of the New Republic were able to pick them out based off of, you know, their maneuvers and things like that. Mm. Um, But I think, yeah, I think, you know, over the course of time, the TIE pilots in Shadow Wing, it's been a sort of a revolving door. Um, Not a great shelf life for them. Yeah. All right, Amanda, let's bring in um, some of the things from our, uh, some of the thoughts from our book club members on what they thought of the book. All right. So from our Twitter faction of the book club, we've got Heather Murray, um, and she was really impressed with Alphabet Squadron. It was hard to get into at first, and she liked the idea of Trader's Remorse, but we left that setting really soon. Then it just seemed to take forever to get introduced to all of the characters, but once things started coming together, I found it really hard to put down. I got interested when Devin's storyline was introduced and loved Chas's backstory about Jin or so. I'm a Rogue One fanatic, so I loved all the references the references to Jin and to Scarif. The book had an awesome, well-done surprise ending. Looking back, this book seems perfectly paced for a book in a trilogy. I'm excited to check back in with these characters in the next book. I 100% agree with sort of feeling like it took a little while to get to the main characters. Yeah. Because as I as I read, I take notes and I have a notebook next to me and I have my pen and I write down names of planets, names of characters and things like that. And so especially when we were dealing with Riot Squadron and Hound Squadron, they would say a name of a character and then I'd write it down. And I'd write down what, you know, Hound 6 and, you know, Riot 3 and all these numbers. And then the characters die. And I'm like, okay, well, I just wrote them down (laughs) thinking that they might be important. Now they're dead. Um, But, yeah, I think it took a little while to get to the core of the main character group. But Mm -hmm. um, once we got to Alphabet Squad Squadron, it was pretty great. The first half of the book, I felt like I was dragging my feet reading. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we got to the second Even half, with and the I was ball like, parts? Uh, or just with the Hellions Dare stuff? Just with the Hellions Dare stuff, and like I was never before I got into Star Wars, I never read a military style book in my life. Mm-hmm. So whenever we're in the space battles, I'm like having to get out my phone every five seconds and look something up. So it super takes me out of what's going on, and I don't know. Like it's hard for me to keep track of what's happening. Yeah. So. That was a lot of just, like, eh, I don't really, I'm not super engaged right now because I'm trying to, like, learn stuff while reading, but, you know, it's fine. We charged through, and then the second half of the book, I was like, oh, this is getting juicy. Hair is here now. Everything's fine. Hair is here. (laughs) Yeah. From Converse SWations, so Converse Star Wars Stations, um, on Twitter... And their handle is at SWations, A-T-I-O-N-S. They said, we loved Alphabet Squadron Monday Musings. Chas Nachatic was awesome, and we may be crazy, but in the celebration scene at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, not only do we think there is, this is a felon, our headcanon says it's Chas. That's awesome. I, I love that I think idea. that's so cool. And you guys can't see it, but they sent us a little picture circling her. And she's standing to the back right behind Maz Kanata. That would be cool if it's her. Uh, we The Rise of Skywalker came uh, out on DVD and Blu-ray today as we're recording this. Uh, and our plan is, after we record this, to go watch the film. So we'll have to try and... Uh, couple things i want to do is i want to pause it at that scene and look for chats and i want yep. to pause it at the group of fighters that help the rebels when you get to uh or help the resistance in the battle of exegol when they all come in lando brings them all i want to i want to try and find all the all the different ships on there so yeah thank you so much for for your feedback your thoughts uh we're definitely gonna take a look at that scene at the end of the movie now all right and we've got kayla mahoney 
um, from our Facebook side of the TSO Book Club, and she says that she immediately wanted more story. The whole chapter is a big energizer for her anticipation for the next book, so major kudos to Alexander Freed. Yurika's reveal was great as well, and I really liked the conversation and, rela- and relationship with ITO. I feel like she's going to struggle even more with her feelings of belong- belonging and possibly impact the hard-won progress that she's made with the squadron. Yeah. I, I'm just... I like ITO. I think he's good for Quell, and I hope that they can make even more breakthroughs than they've already made, um, because I feel like I feel like Quell has a lot to overcome still. And I think ITO is going to be a main player in getting Quell to, you know, become the top tier of her potential. Yeah. I don't know. This is... I just need the next book to hurry up and come out. (laughs) I'm like, I just, I can't for sure, like, pass any judgments until I've read the next book. So thank you to everyone who participated with our discussion questions and sent us your thoughts on the book and, you know, participated in our, um, you know, weekly discussions. We definitely enjoy um, communicating with you guys and, and want to continue to do that as we go through more books in the book yes, club. And especially a huge thank you to you all for sticking with us this month specifically with everything going on. Yeah. That was... No one saw this month coming, so. Yeah. Um, I definitely enjoyed the book, and mm-hmm. I think it seems like most most everyone did. Seems yep. like. So we do have a couple things going on. We have discussion questions that are going to be trickling in, and uh, we I should have this posted by April 2nd. So there should be uh, three at least three discussion questions that are up, so feel free to participate in those. And Amanda, where can people participate if they'd like to uh, participate in some of our questions? They can find us at the TSO Book Club on Facebook. It is a group. And we are also on Twitter at TSO Book Club. All right. Perfect. And then um, as we continue on, I wanted to give you a quick update for uh, the, the future of the book club and what we're going to be doing next um, so the sequel to this book is called Shadowfall, same author, Alexander Freed, and it's expected to come out on June 23rd. So it is now April. Our book for April is going to be Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston. Um, so that'll take us through April, and then May, we're actually going to have uh, another a poll. Uh, so people can vote what they want uh, to read for the month of May. And that is going to be, um, I believe we're going to have the Rise of Skywalker novelization. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canto Bite will be in there. Um, Phasma, which I haven't read before, um, which I think would be kind of cool to get sort of the backstory on Vimerati and uh, Cardinal and Archex and, yeah. and all them. Um, since we did read uh, Black Spire, which have all those characters in it, which is pretty cool. So um, for the month of May, we'll have uh, a poll. And then uh, we're still working out what to do for June, probably another poll. And then hopefully by July, we'll have Shadowfall ready to read. Um, and then we'll also have Queen's Peril yep. coming out soon as well. So, And then once we get to August, that's when we start getting all of the High Republic content. So... Uh- Uh, We'll have uh, definitely not a shortage of stuff to read uh, come then. And uh, I know uh, the Thrawn Ascendancy book is coming out as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That got delayed a little bit, but hopefully we'll have some time to get that in too. So we've got uh, a lot of books coming up uh, for the book club. So please join us. We'd love to have you. So uh, Jesse and I are going to be doing another couple episodes coming up here soon. We're going to be talking about the behind the scene, behind the scenes content from the Rise of Skywalker uh, bonus material, which will be very fun to do. And then we also have a couple more episodes of the Clone Wars to discuss. So um, if you want to listen to us, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. You can click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. Twin Sons Transmission and Book Club Podcast will be there. You can also find us on the Star Wars Podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. 
And then if you like our show, you think we're pretty wizard, you can give us a great review on iTunes as well. I feel so weird. Jesse says that. I know. I just looked at you like, did you just say wizard? (laughs) I'm bringing it back. Oh, dear. Um, Jesse, come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So thank you so much, everyone, for your input. Um, We're very excited to continue on with Queen's Shadow in April, and hopefully you guys will uh, are excited as well. Thanks so much for Eric and Amanda. Uh, We appreciate you listening to our book club podcast for the month of March, where we discussed Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. As always, may the Force be with you. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you. controlled by the hut. I'll meet you at the rendezvous point on Halloween. I'm doing murder to meet the king.